Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests today, and they're awesome, will be on the Goodyear Hotline, as always. Tony Dungy, Hall of Fame coach, in 15 minutes. Our own Brian Greasy will join the party today. The Green List is on the next drought we will see come to an end in sports. Hembo is here. Bubba is here. We'll take your phone calls today. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. There's only one place to begin, and that is with the McBoard. If you know anything about me, you will know two things. One, we made McShay. And McShay owes everything to Mike and Mike. We created McShay, and he's now just phenomenal. And two, McShay, I live for these mock drafts. And I think that comes from being a fan of the Jets. And I speak on behalf of fans of all bad teams. The draft is like the best thing we've got. We pick high so often that, you know, you look forward to this. Like, this is what we have instead of playoff games. This is what we have instead of meaningful games after Halloween. And I say that on behalf of a lot of teams out there. You're in Jacksonville. This is what you've been looking forward to forever. Actually, in Jacksonville, maybe not as much. Because you've known for a while where that wing is going in Jacksonville. But all these other teams that are up here near the top, you're all looking forward to this. And let me give you this with a straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. McShay is projecting that for the first time in what would be the history of the common draft, Four quarterbacks will go with the first four picks. He projects trades, which Mel generally does not. He projects Trevor Lawrence to go one to Jacksonville, Zach Wilson to go two to the Jets. He's projecting a trade, Carolina moving up to three to take Trey Lance, the kid from North Dakota State. And then the Falcons at four taking Justin Fields, the fifth quarterback in the first round, um, is as you if you listen to the show, you know how much I love him. Is Mac Jones, the quarterback out of Alabama, and he has the Bears trading up to twelve to take him. So those are the five players that he projects going in the first round. Here are the two things that are important when you look at these McBoards. Pay no attention to who's taking who, because he doesn't know that. No one knows that. All this is going to be reshuffled. The difference between the NBA and the NFL is that in the NBA, they do the draft, then they do the free agency. In the NFL, we do the free agency, then we do the draft. So you can't project which teams are going to need quarterbacks because some of these teams are going to have some combination of, I don't know, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and any number of other people. God help us, Dak Prescott might get moved. So all these things might happen. So I don't pay much attention to who's picking in the spots. Here are the two things worth noting. First off, the order in which he projects them. Because McShay knows this stuff. McShay, Mel, Daniel Jeremiah, these people, this is what they do for a living. They don't just do their own evaluations. They talk to all the people who will ultimately make these picks. So they know. So if he is telling you Zach Wilson is firmly planted as the second quarterback in this draft, that's what's happening. He's not guessing. He's telling you that's the case. Now, if you were listening to this show a few weeks ago, you heard me tell you that that Zach Wilson is going to be the second pick in this draft. I just don't know who's going to take him. Either the Jets will take him, or they'll trade that pick to someone else who will. I didn't get that from myself. I got that by talking to people like Todd McShay. So that's what's going to happen. He then, and I had him on TV today, said, the order of three and four is kind of fungible. Trey Lance and then Justin Fields, it could easily flip and become Fields and then Lance. He sees it that way. 
And then I, myself, believe that Mac Jones is going to be a closer in this thing. If you've been listening to the show, you know I love him, the kid from Alabama. I think he's going to wind up moving up here. But one way or another, those are the fascinating things to note. And as far as the other thing, why this is so interesting, Mike Tannenbaum pointed out to us, we've never had four quarterbacks go that high. But next year projects to be a season in which it is very quarterback poor, depleted, whatever the opposite of quarterback rich is. He thinks there may only be one quarterback who's worthy of a first-round pick next year. So a lot of teams looking at that might be scrambling to grab guys. Only twice in the common draft era have quarterbacks even gone one, two, and three. They've never gone one, two, three, and four. It happened in 99. You may remember that. Tim Couch went number one. Donovan McNabb went number two. And Achilles Smith went number three. It also happened way back in 1971. Jim Plunkett, Archie Manning, and Dan Pastorini were the first three picks in the draft. So that's the way this thing is going. And if you, like I, care disproportionately about the draft, this is the stuff that you follow, and we will continue to follow it for you here. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Meanwhile, this is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. All right, I have my unsolicited advice today is for fans of the Chicago Bears and hosts on ESPN 1000, namely (laughs) my buddies Waddle and Sylvie. They don't need any advice from me, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. Do whatever you can to keep the Bears from trading for Carson Wentz. That is not a fit. Wentz belongs in Indianapolis. Wentz belongs with his coach, Frank Reich, and a tailor-made add-water situation. He does not need to be the savior. That is not a role that suits Carson Wentz. The Bears need a savior. I understand that they need a veteran quarterback because when you're a coach and a general manager on your absolute last professional legs, when you are four minutes from getting fired, you're not starting over with Trey Lance or Mac Jones. I get that. You want a veteran quarterback to help you try and win now. But as good as that defense is, and it's good, and as decent as those weapons are, and they're decent, that's not a situation for a quarterback that's a, that, that you need a quarterback who can elevate you. You need to do everything you can to get to Sean Watson. There are other people I would think of, but that is not the situation Indy is. Indy just needs Carson Wentz to walk in and, like I say, add water, shake well, and you got a winner. You got running backs, you got receivers, you got a great offensive line. You're playing in a dome, you have a, a championship caliber defense. You just need to be as good as if or slightly better than Philip Rivers was last year at the advanced age at which he was playing. That is a good fit for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, and I don't mean this as critically as it may sound, but at this stage of his life, at this stage of his development, with what we've seen from him psychologically and how he handled the situation in Philly, he, the role of savior does not suit him. I do not see that as a fit. So my unsolicited advice is if you're Carson Wentz, you want to find a way to get to Indianapolis. That's the fit that makes sense. And if you're Chicago, don't do it. That feels like a disaster waiting to happen.
Greeny with you. Just getting rolling. Tony Dungy is going to join me coming up. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. We are jam-packed today. Hembo's along for the ride. No one knows more about Wentz than he does. We'll get his thoughts as we continue. Again, Tony Dungy is coming up next. And I'll tell you about the one franchise that right now is facing the most complicated question in sports. That and more. Just getting started. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, the Hall of Famer Tony Dungy, live in 30 seconds on the Goodyear Hotline. I will spend those 30 seconds reminding you that the most romantic day of the year is basically upon us. 1-800-Flowers.com is your place to get flowers, to get roses for that special someone for this most important day of the year. I've been with them forever. It's the only way I ever send flowers, and they have a last-minute offer for my listeners. You can get 24 multicolored roses for just $34.99, or you can upgrade that to 24 red roses for just $10 more. They're selling fast. You have to take care of this right now. Order 24 multicolored roses for $34.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for only $10 more by going to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon, enter the code GREENY. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. The code is GREENY. Hurry, the offer expires today, so do it now. And with that thought in mind, it is my delight, as always, to welcome uh, to the program the uh, the. Hall of Famer, longtime NFL coach Tony Dungy's back with me here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Tony Dungy. Hey, good morning, Greeny, and thanks for the heads up on the roses. I needed that. <laughs> I, was, I was looking for roses today. Critic, <laughs> you don't want to get in trouble. This is a big day. And, and, and you know what's Absolutely. funny? You want to hear a funny story about how dopey us men are? So I, I had a call with the people from 1-800-Flowers yesterday. They said that the day after the Super Bowl is always the day that the most flowers are ordered leading towards Valentine's Day, because somehow men can't think of this until after the Super Bowl is over. The football season's over. Now, boom, we can focus on Valentine's Day. And, and somehow it made sense to me. Yeah, I can understand that. And we feel guilty for watching 12 hours of football. <laughs> so, uh, hey, what better thing to do than get the flowers ordered? All right. Well done. A Antonio is with me here. And I hate to start with sort of a sad thing. Um, but, you know, yesterday we lost Marty Schottenheimer, and, and it did not come as a surprise. He'd been 
uh, fighting Alzheimer's disease for seven years, and, and he had been moved into hospice last week, so we knew that it was coming. You were one of three coaches who coached under him who went on to win Super Bowls, Bill Cower and Bruce Arians and yourself and so many others in his coaching tree and so many people he touched in the game of football. I, I just love, would love to hear your thoughts on Marty Schottenheimer today. Yeah, I talked to, to Bill last night. He called me and we just talked on the phone for several minutes, just reminiscing about those days and what we learned under Marty and just the camaraderie we had on that staff. And it, it was great. And it was we sat there and said, gosh, it's hard to believe this was 30 years ago. But uh, Marty was fantastic and just su- such a sad day, really, Greeny. Yeah. Well, you know, I knew him only a little. I know the family a little bit better. And what you hear from people is just about the honesty, the integrity in a sport and a business where there's so much. I hate to use the word cutthroat, but I'm not sure what the right phrase is. You know, that he was just a person of great integrity and, and friendship and all that kind of stuff. And I wonder if that was your experience. He was exactly that. And just a, a pleasure to be around. And I'll tell you what I learned from him in my coaching was attention to detail. Mm. I've never been around a person as detailed. Uh, He used to have us give tests to our position players. And you'd have to spend an hour and a half getting the test ready. He'd have to approve the test. Mm. Then (laughs) you'd have to give it to the players, grade it, and turn it back. And then on Saturday night, well, hey, we didn't cover this. Maybe we didn't cover that. Let's make sure we hit this in the morning. He left no stone unturned. Yeah, he was a great coach and a great person, and he will certainly be missed by so many in the football world. Tony Dungy here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. All right, let's get to business. The Bucks, they, which is a team that you know obviously well, and, and you still live in Tampa, so you've been around it all year long. There was a point this season where I genuinely was ready to give up on them. <laughs> and, and then, you know, they have their bye week, and they never look back. H- how would you describe what you saw from this transformation of this team? Well, I kind of thought it might go that way. Tom Brady is such a uh, chemistry-driven performer. I mean, everything is perfection, and it's just that unspoken you know, feel with his guys. And they never had a chance to get that. No off-season program, very limited training camp. So you just had to feel they were going to get better and better and better. And you started to see it as as the year went on. But after, you're right, after they hit the bye and they'd had that time to work, the offense started to click. Um, defensively, they were good. They had some injuries. Vita Vea was out. Devin White was out for a little bit. They kind of got everybody back at the right time. And it was just, it was a, a perfect storm. But you could see it building, and they just played great in, in the playoffs. And, Tony, you were a, a great defensive coach in your day before you became a head coach. How good is that Devin White? I mean, th- th- that guy is all over the field, and he just crushes people. When, when I watched him play, I immediately thought Derek Brooks. Just sideline to sideline, instincts, big plays, passing game, running game, always around the ball, tip balls, fumble recoveries. Uh, but just great speed and great desire. And they've, they've got a lot of players like that. Antoine Winfield, very similar characteristics. Uh, guys up front that just hustle and play hard. And Todd Bowles d- did a great job putting that together. His defensive scheme to say, you know what, we're, we're going to let them run the ball. And if Patrick Mahomes has four or five scrambles where he makes 10 or 12 yards, I'm okay with that. We're going to take away the deep ball. They learned a lot from that first game. The first game was, hey, we're going to do what we do and pressure 
and get after these guys and be physical. And after about 300 yards passing in the first quarter, they realized we've got to adjust. And, and Todd did a great job of adjusting. Uh, the second game plan was much different. And, I mean, they shut them down. and they, they held Patrick Mahomes and that offense without a touchdown. And so that's how they got their ring. They got their ring is brought to you by Macy's. But, but I would love you as a defensive coach, again, to explain what they did, like, like in English, in, in words that, you know, people who don't, who don't you know, live in the cover two, cover one world, in English, how did they do what I think most people would have thought was impossible? They did what Buffalo tried to do in the first game in the regular season. If you remember that game that Buffalo played their safeties deep, their corners deep, and they dared uh, the, the Chiefs to run the ball. And the Chiefs ran and ran and ran and won that game running the football. Todd Bowles and the Bucks said, we're going to take the same game plan, but we've got a better front. And Vita Vea being back helped and Goldston, and those that they are not going to be able to run the ball on us like that. We'll take away the, the passing game. We'll take away Tyreek Hill. He's not going to get any deep balls. We're going to have a safety and a cornerback deep. If they can beat us running the ball and throwing short passes, they will. But they, they stayed with it. They played very patiently on defense. And even in the first half, when Kansas City moved the ball a little bit, when it gets to – Inside the 20, and everything shrinks up. We'll hold them to field goals. And it was just a well-played game, but they had the personnel to do it. They had guys who could cover and run, and Devin White, you mentioned, running over the, all over the field making plays. And that front, and Dominican Sue and Vea being so physical that with four guys, they could stop the run. That's a great explanation. And it is, again, how they got their ring brought to you by Macy's. And it is amazing to think that team, as great as we think of all those players. Now, they had one Pro Bowler. Literally, JPP was the only guy in the whole team who made the Pro Bowl. And here they are, the Super Bowl champs. All right, Tony, while I have you, a few other things I want to talk about. You wrote an open letter to the NFL owners when it comes to minority hiring, and this was an extremely disappointing year along those lines, and it's something that I know is extremely important to a lot of people in the NFL. And for those who are not old enough to remember, I am old enough to remember covering a time when the conversation was all about how in the world does Tony Dungy not have a head coaching job? You were that guy once upon a time, and now you're in the Hall of Fame and a Super Bowl champion. So for those who didn't read the letter, what were the thoughts and what can we do here? Well, it really came from Greeny working with the NFL for the last three years. And the the league office has put a lot into this training programs and the diversity committee and meeting several times a year and saying, we've got to do something to stimulate this. And in that three years, 20 hirings of of head coaches, two African-Americans. And so that was my thought to, to the NFL owners. And someone suggested what would you say to an owner right now if you could just talk to them face-to-face? So that, that's what I wrote. We really can't, you can't let us think that this is an exhaustive process, that you're really doing everything you can to uncover the best people, and it's two out of 20. That doesn't make sense. And then when you look at the Super Bowl and you see Eric Bieniemy coordinating one offense, Todd Bowles coordinating the other defense, and Byron Leftwich coordinating the other offense. And not only none of these guys hired, Byron Leftwich not even interviewed. So it's hard for me to say, hey, we take this seriously. We're an offensive league. We want offensive coaches. We're looking for young offensive geniuses. Byron Leftwich had Jameis Winston last year throw for 5,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns. 
He gets Tom Brady this year. They win the Super Bowl. Brady breaks all those records. And Byron Lepwich doesn't even get interviewed. Um, something is wrong with our search process if that happens. Yeah, I think that's right. Again, I so vividly remember having those conversations about you. It's impossible to believe that whatever it is now, 30, 35 years later, I, however many years later it is that we're still having almost identical conversations. And so there's a lot of frustration with that. And we'll see if it gets any better anytime soon. One more thing for you, Tony, because I loved this. So Dan Orlovsky said something on, on my television show on Get Up about Tom Brady being the greatest winner of all time. And you tweeted at him standing up for the great Bill Russell saying that Russell is the greatest winner of all time. And no one can argue with that. Uh, Bill Russell, and as you pointed out in your tweet, 11 world championships in 13 years. Hembo gave me the stat. In 10 career game sevens in the NBA, Bill Russell went 10-0. and 0. He played 488 out of 495 minutes and averaged 29 rebounds in all of those. So you can't be any better. But here's not the part of the tweet that I wanted to talk about, Tony. You started it with, I love you, Dan. And I'm fascinated by this. I love you, Dan, feels to me like with all due respect. Like, I love you, Dan, has become the new with all due respect. You can say anything you want if you start it with, look, I love you, Dan, but you're a stupid moron and should never be allowed to talk about this again. I know that isn't what you said, but your thoughts, I found that fascinating. If you start with I love you, Dan, you can then say anything you want. Right. And people took offense at all of this, Greeny, and they thought I was attacking Tom Brady. I wasn't because my next sentence was what Brady has done in winning at 43 and going to another franchise and doing it. Unbelievable. It will never be duplicated. But when you start talking about facts and say that this is the greatest winning ever. No, no. And let me go back a little further, Dan, with Bill Russell. 1954 NCAA championship. 1955 NCAA championship. Then go to the uh, Olympics. Don't go to training camp. Go to the Olympics and win the Olympics. And then go in late your rookie year and win the NBA championship. And then win 10 out of the next 12. 14 championships in 15 years. All of those do or die games. Never lose one. So, Dan, I love you, but don't think that sports started in the Instagram era. If you didn't see it on Instagram, it really didn't happen. <laughs> and I, w- I would merely say, as one who is, if nothing else, a student of the history of sports, anyone who is suggesting that by standing up for Bill Russell, you are dissing Tom Brady, just ignore them. Just, their, their opinion isn't worth <laughs> It's not worth worrying about because they know not of which they speak. But I love, I love the I love you, Dan. It, it, it reminds me of this scene from a funny movie. Oh, well, I said it with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the that. Geneva Convention. Look it up. Anything that starts with all due respect or I love you, Dan. <laughs> I think those two work together. Tony, it is such a pleasure, yeah. as always. Thank you for the time. Uh, enjoy the offseason, and I'll be checking again soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, Greeny. Good to be with you. That's the great Tony Dungy with me here, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Bubba, let me bring you in on this. My disheveled board operator, Brendan Bubba Peregrine. I think we need to put together a list of little phrases that we now use to sort of preface these things. You can attack someone verbally, to be clear, if you start with, um, with all due respect, or I love you, but, right? Those two seem to work together with me. And the third one that I put in that category is, I hate to be that guy. 
You can say almost anything you want if you preface it with, I hate to be that guy. Bubba, you know, you're, you're, you are my, my VP of like, you know, etiquette and social, you know, discourse. How do you feel about that conversation? Yeah, I mean, I guess it sounds like I'm starting another committee. Well, we could put together a committee to look into this. It could also be a green list at some point down the road. The there five, go. yeah, the five phrases that we use as sort of crutches in our culture in order to then feel justified in saying literally anything that we want. All right, we got a lot working here today. Next up is question of the day. You ask these questions. Greenie's question of the day. I'm going to ask it to you guys. I'm going to ask it to Bubba. I'm going to ask it to Hembo. And then I'd like you to think about it as well as we talk. And I will preface it. I insist on prefacing this by talking about Terry Bradshaw. I can always take anything in football back to the 70s because to me that was when football was at its absolute best. And Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers and is and remains one of the greatest players of all time and has gone on to become one of the most beloved figures in American sports and he's been a star on television now for whatever it's been, 30 years. But many people may not be aware that he has remained on icy terms with the Steelers organization. It has been very hit and miss because of the way it ended. The way it ended in Pittsburgh for the legend, Terry Bradshaw, not pretty, not great. And that relationship has really never been the same. And I insist that we preface this conversation with that because it feels like the situation with Ben Roethlisberger is coming to a similar point. Same organization, same legendary career, not not on the level historically of Bradshaw, but certainly a Hall of Fame quarterback who's won you two championships and taken you to another Super Bowl, put up unbelievable numbers and has just been a great quarterback the question is what do you owe him what do you owe the legend at the end because the truth is right now the best thing the Steelers can do is move on the best thing the Pittsburgh Steelers can do is move on from Ben Roethlisberger for their future even short term and certainly long they're going to need to renegotiate some kind of deal he's owed 41 million dollars in change next year that obviously can't happen But even any kind of renegotiation they do, it's just prolonging the inevitable. It's just giving sort of a goodbye, a farewell lap to a guy who one could argue deserves it. But in a hard cap sport, is that really the right move? So, Bubba, I will start with you again. If you are running an organization, what do you owe a legendary player like Ben? Um, I think you owe him to cut ties as early as possible and not string them along so that it hurts them later on. So I think if, you, if, you, if you're going to get rid of them and you want to move on, I think you owe it to him to move on as soon as possible so that he can move on and continue his career elsewhere. That's fair. Here's the thing, though. It is my opinion, and Hembo, again, my VP of stats, analytics, gambling, and just general bad humor – is um, is it is my belief, and this is very telling as far as his contractual situation, if Ben Roethlisberger leaves Pittsburgh, I don't think there's a market. Do no, you think there's I'd, another team out there interested? I'd be stunned if so. In fact, I was looking at the QBR leaderboard this morning. 21 last year was Mitchell Trubisky. He'll, he'll likely be gone, right? 23 was Jared Goff. They had to give him away. 22 was Ben Roethlisberger. His performance last year just was not there. Just yeah. was not there. It was being covered up by the fact that they were 11-0. Right. And but he was he was 22nd in QBR. That's the stat that measures a quarterback's value. It truly measures all the ways quarterbacks go about helping you try to win. 
He was the 22nd best in that at the, in the league on a team with a championship defense with a ton of weapons. They got a ton of receivers there. Now, I find this really a hard topic. That's why I insisted we bring up Bradshaw. And Greeny insists is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Because the hard salary cap makes this particularly difficult. You know, you look back on the Lakers, and any conversation about Kobe Bryant now feels so different. But remember, at the very end of Kobe's career, they gave him that two-year extension. And, you know, we wondered if that was sort of keeping them from moving forward. And I remember constantly saying, you know what, if that's what Kobe wants, you do it because of what he has meant to the organization. In baseball, I remember at the end of it, and, and Hembo, you would know it better than I, because for those of you who don't know Hembo, no one knows anything the way he knows baseball. <laughs> now, the Yankees did that with Derek Jeter. They did. Where they batted him in the lineup all year long. He played every single day in his last season, even though it may not have been in their best interest. That's right. He let off for the entire season, despite being one of the worst hitters in baseball throughout it. And, and, and yet, it was the right thing to do. When you had a guy like Derek Jeter, now, Ben Roethlisberger is not that. He's not even Bradshaw. But he's a Hall of Famer. We talked yesterday about how there were, two, there were multiple rooms in the Hall of Fame. Picture the Hall of Fame like it's an art museum. If you've ever been to an art museum that has really famous works of art, like if you've been in the Louvre in Paris, for example, every piece of art, every work of art in that museum is priceless. Every one of them is, is, is priceless. But when you're coming to the room that has the Mona Lisa in it, believe me, you know. Because the crowd becomes multiplied by a trillion. And everyone's got their cameras out and everyone, there's just an air of anticipation. So that's the room that has Joe Montana in it. That's the room, that, that's, that's the room in the Baseball Hall of Fame that has Babe Ruth and Willie Mays in it. And then the guys who get in on their eighth ballot, they're in another room. It's still a magnificent accomplishment. You're still in the best point one oh 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 one percent of players of all time to be in the Hall of Fame. But even in the Hall of Fame, there's a special room. But I digress. Ben's not in that room. But he's in the Hall of Fame. But in a hard cap sport, what do you do? What do you owe him? If he sets you back another year in your in your progress, like should the Steelers be out there? Should they be drafting a quarterback in the first round? They tried it with Mason Rudolph. It didn't work. Mason Rudolph is not going to be their quarterback. They can say whatever they want. He's not. And they signed Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he's going to be their quarterback either. We'll see. But the question is, what do you owe an aging legend at the end? It's my question of the day, and I think it is a really interesting one. Now, back in a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny, as we roll along. Yeah, I said that, and I'm right. And here's the bottom line of it. I have a lot of issues with Carson Wentz, but this isn't about that. This is about what is a good fit. Because I do believe Carson Wentz can resurrect his career, can have a very successful second act. And Indianapolis is the place to do it. After all the stuff that has gone on there, he does not need to walk into a situation where you're kind of putting your head into the mouth of the lion. The Bears are in desperation mode right now. This is the reason why you should never have a coach and a general manager who are hanging by a thread the way they are. Because it puts disproportionate significance on the first six games of next season. But if you're Carson Wentz and you walk in there to Chicago and it does not go well immediately, it doesn't go great immediately, then all the conversation on ESPN 1000 radio and everywhere else and in the papers and everybody who's talking about it is going to be about how, well, the coach is a, a dead man walking and the GM's a dead man. And now they're starting over. And now you're Carson Wentz and you're sitting there saying, how this happened to me? Everything about this is a bad fit as far as I'm concerned. He needs to go to Indy where they have a great general manager, an excellent head coach, an outstanding offensive line. They play their games in a dome. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense, and all he needs to do is walk in there and be a game manager and start working his way back to being the star player that we all have seen him be and think he can be. Now, no one knows players better than the fans. I've always said that. My buddy Hembo is an Eagles fan. Give me a read on this situation because I will give you credit. You were the first one who turned me on to whence is the problem in Philly. We did that, an essay about that on Get Up in early September. After week two. After week two, that a lot of people said I was crazy. And they were really saying you were crazy, but I, it was me who was saying them TV. But we pr- turned out to be exactly right. How do you see this? I think you're right about this because Carson Wentz has always been, for the most part, a byproduct of his circumstances. You can't point out how great he was in 2017 without also pointing out they were so good they won the Super Bowl without him. You can't point out how bad he was this year without pointing out the offense functioned better when Jalen Hurts replaced him. So this is the player he is, and, and that's you know, far from the only, the only time that that's happened. 2018, the Eagles were 5-6. and six. Nick Foles took him to 4-1, and one, won a playoff game. It's happened so many times you wonder, maybe it's the player. If it keeps happening over and over and over again, maybe it's the player. And yet there is obvious talent. So I'm not giving up. Again, it, Carson, if you're listening, this is not me telling you you can't do this. I think you can do it. But I don't think Chicago is the right fit for it at all. Chicago, need, I'm not sure who they need. What they really needed to do was start over, was to actually acknowledge the reality of the situation, which they tried to ignore. They kicked the can down the road for a year for reasons known certainly only to them, not known by me. And I think the whole thing is going to wind up being a huge mistake. So let's see what winds up happening. But that was my unsolicited advice. Hey, you know, former teammates are about to go to war at UFC 258. Kamaru Usman defending his welterweight title against Gilbert Burns. It's only on ESPN Plus, where you can also find this show and hours of daily sports talk. It's UFC 258, exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99. Visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, I keep talking over that thing. I have to I'm do sorry, I'm, I'm, what? my bad. Yes, Bubba yells at me. I have to do this again because this Cowboys video, I still can't get over it. 
Like, I, again, if you were not with me yesterday, the Cowboys released a 32-second hype video for their upcoming season, and Dak Prescott is not on it. Troy Aikman's on it. Emmitt Smith is on it. Some of their current stars are on it. One player's on it who played 20 plays on special teams this year, and there is no Dak Prescott. And the more I think about it, the worse it is, and here's why. Because they keep saying they didn't make a point of leaving him out, and I'm sure that's true. But here's the problem. They also didn't make a point of putting him in. And that is where we really have an issue here. And that's what's got Dominique Foxworth all upset on Get Up this morning. We cannot in no way look at this as anything other than a slight and, and disrespect. I'm sure that plenty of people saw this, and I think that there potentially is an aura around the organization that does not value him as much as they should, and I absolutely do not <laughs> understand why. Yeah, I think that's the bottom line of it. If no one's value has ever been more clearly on display than Dak Prescott's was when he went out last year. And bear in mind, they had gone out and signed a guy that we thought was the best backup quarterback situation in the whole sport. Andy Dalton, the guy who's led teams to playoffs. And for the moment he started, they were done, dead, awful. When Dak was there, they were at least a great offense. So I just would ask my resident Cowboys fan, I got Bubba again, the aforementioned Brendan Bubba Peregrine, Give me a quick thought on this, on Dak Prescott not being in the video and what it means. Well, was Ben DiNucci in it? <laughs> I did not see Ben DiNucci in the video, no. I think that's really where the barometer is, because if Ben was in it, then I got more questions. We have set the line of demarcation at DiNucci. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. You're either, you're either above or below the DiNucci line. If DiNucci's in it, I got problems. There's no DiNucci. Troy Aikman's in it. That's okay. Emmett is in it. He's great. Yeah. They they both retired 25 years ago, but okay. I mean, that, that random fullback, that's a little questionable. But if, <laughs> if Danucci's in it, then we got problems. There's a player in it who I had to look up via his number because I had no idea who it was. And you're using him to hype up your fans about the next football season, but you are somehow missing Dak Prescott. It doesn't make any sense. The green list is on the way. Who's the next team to break a drought? I'll tell you next. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.